What's up, everybody? This is the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. And I have a question for everybody. Have you reviewed the podcast yet? Please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating and a review for the Welcome to the Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people to find our show. CT, what's good? What's going on, man? I'm good, man. The Yankees are rolling. So my, are fantasy, my fantasy team sucks. You know, the we're world spins. Off. We're facing off this week. We are, man. It's me against you, you against me. And I would like to wish you good luck. Okay. And whether I lose or not, this this matchup this week, we have a week 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 by week week by week matchup. I just want you to know that it's you know, you can't stop destiny. My destiny is to win it this year. Okay. All right. You can't stop it. So you have been undefeated uh up until last week when you lost your first game. I plan on starting a new streak for you, CT. So when you lose one game, it's just one game. It's it's a it's an outlier, right? But when you start losing okay. two games, three games, that turns into a streak. So I hope to mm-hmm. be the beginning of a streak for you. How's that sound? Okay, okay. I see what you're right. trying to say, but I think you need to understand that my team is just solid. It's solid all around. So if you even have one slip up, it's it's over. Okay. And plus, just to defend myself. The matchup that I had last week got matched up with the 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 opponent having his four studs pitching on Monday, and they pitched again that Saturday. So it's like eight solid starts. Only one of them, there was only one of those pitchers gave him a negative two, but I think got a couple thirties in there. So yeah, and he left points on the bench. So I mean, I don't he know left points on the bench. I don't yeah, know if I like that hey, excuse. Shouts out to him, <laughs> Manny. Shouts out to him. CT, you but, know what time it is? What? It's time for you to try to convince me, a Game of Thrones, not a fan of Game of Thrones, to watch the show by telling me what happened this past week. And I've been hearing a lot of bad things on Twitter. I feel like I don't even need to watch the show because when I go on Twitter, all I see is negative things. What happened this week? And and, and it seems like maybe you're going to start to talk me out of watching the show what's going on i i still suggest that you watch the show because it's in the beginning like the first four seasons even every even up until the seventh season i would say that it kept me really really interested every you know uh twist that they threw at you was unexpected for me even though you kind of expected this guy would eventually die the way that they did it was always kind of unexpected it was well written well directed i i love the show up until literally like the second episode of this last and final season i just don't understand i mean it's everything is just being rushed is how I, the best way i could put it is that everything is being rushed some characters and i'm talking about a show that took seasons to build a characters like arc these characters are just turning like they're like a flick of a switch they're just becoming a completely different character it's all being rushed i still think it's filmed pretty cool and everything i still like the show like overall it's not as bad as like the ending of Dexter or it hasn't gotten as, you know, repetitive as Walking Dead, which I stopped watching as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's it's, it, it's not up to par with what that show has been all these years, you know, 
and a recap of the episode um basically this isn't going to make any sense to you but the what you thought was the main villain what you thought was who you thought was the main villain they conquer her and they they defeat her but they surrender before she even got defeated and then the person that you thought was like the good girl with the good queen with the with the dragons and shit just started burning innocent people alive kind of like her dad did years ago nice so there's a there's another story with that um yeah and you know i watched a lot of episode reviews afterwards like throughout the day and it makes sense that her character eventually became you know the 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 real villain of the the entire show i just didn't think it should have happened in literally five minutes she just lost it and started going crazy started burning everybody alive so and uh didn't it take forever to get from the previous season to this season wasn't there like a a giant gap to film the show yeah it it took them like two years so so why so then why should it feel rushed like why you know it seems like this it looks like this season is shortened but why like i don't understand no i i have no i haven't really researched why it's uh only six episodes but I haven't. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's. It can't be budget. It can't be that they didn't get approved for another season, right? Because a show yeah. that's doing so well never doesn't does not ever. I don't even know how to what the fuck I'm trying to say, but a show that's doing this good will never not get approved for a new season. I feel like. I never watched this show, but Grey's Anatomy is like on season fourteen. Jesus, you know? yeah, that shit never ends. Fucking uh, sorry for cursing. <laughs> uh, all you know, you get you get the point. Good shows never never end because they don't there's no there's not there's no money coming through there's not a demand for it they just end for other reasons right um i don't know why it's six episodes but it's so rushed and character and another thing about the show that has pissed me off is that this was like one of those shows that just because you were like the main character or like a good guy or a bad guy and you were you know how in some shows characters are untouchable yeah. This show has this show does have untouchable characters, even though they never make it seem like they're untouchable. There there are some characters that are untouchable, like the main villain that I mentioned earlier, and the the queen, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, is like one of the main characters. Jon Snow is one of the main characters, but for the most part, other main characters they were never really saved. They they might just kill off a main character, make you know they it wouldn't be like they just killed them off like at a random scene, but it would eventually you know some of these main characters would start to be killed off. And you got one character in particular, in particular, Ira Stark, who actually defeated the Night King previously. She's just surviving all this fucking shit, uh, all this fire everywhere. They basically pan out. You know, they they cut the scene. They come back to her. You think she's dead? She gets up. She goes through it again. She gets up. I think it happened three times in that episode where she escaped near death, almost every time. And uh, another beef I have with the show is that there's certain characters that were smart and witty, and now they're just dumb. They're just, you know, mm. dumb. It seems like they like lazy writing or something almost. It does seem like it really yeah, everybody everybody say that the writers have no idea what they're doing. So I guess the 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 writer of the books that Game of Thrones is based off of, which the books are called uh I forgot what the books are called, but it's not called Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the name of the first book, I think. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, apparently the writer left a couple seasons ago and he hasn't finished the int- the story so basically i think the last two seasons have been kind of going off their own mm. and a lot of people think that's why the show kind of sucks now but 
it, again, it's not as bad as a show at the, at the ending of as a, it's not as bad as like a Dexter ending. Yeah, Dexter was, was horrible to me. Yeah, Dexter was bad. It's not as bad as that, but then again, when you look at when you step back and look at what Game of Thrones was as a whole, it is kind of similar to that. Because they're, they're I don't know they're just being lazy with it. I think don't yeah. I don't know why it's six episodes. I really don't. Yeah, well, and and the the funny thing is that the so I don't watch the show, but every time that I hear about the show, especially the last couple seasons. Uh, after the George R. R. Romero, I think his name is. Is that his name? Yeah. George R. I don't know. Martin? I have no idea. No, anyway. Yeah, it's George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. Okay. So that, that the head writer took over, and a lot of people were saying that the show got a little bit better because it was it, it, it started to make a little more sense. It was a little more focused or whatever. But now you're hearing with this season that, you know, like like this one guy on Twitter was saying, why not just wait for George R. R. Martin to just finish the books and then make it the way he wanted it made or whatever. Um, but I guess then you're going to, you know, how long is it? I heard that this guy doesn't even have a computer. Like he types it old school or he writes it by hand or some shit like that. That's so dope. God only knows when he's going to actually finish the books. But now yeah. people have something to look forward to. You know what I mean? I bet when those books come out, I bet they remake it into a movie or something like that. This, this isn't over. There's no way this they franchise really, is too big. They really should look into remaking it because they made they made the fans wait two years, man. You know, like and and I think that's what I think that's where my problem is. Like, if you're gonna make us wait two years and this is what you come up with, yeah, then what was the what was the point of all that? Yep. You know, I concur. And another thing, spoiler alert: if you didn't realize there was a spoiler from the beginning, but the the character that everybody grew to hate, which was Cersei Lannister, she was she took over as the queen. Like, she basically manhandled everybody. And you know, took over as the, as the queen. She's like a real legit evil ass bitch, you know. Nice. And they, her ending when she died came in the in like a cave somewhere, like underneath the kingdom with her brother, who they have sex there. They do that shit. She's in love okay. with her brother. Her brother's in love with her. They bang all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they died together underneath, and you know, underneath the the kingdom the castle whatever and nobody saw them die nobody nice. saw her die nobody got the satisfaction of slitting her throat you know they i i just feel like her her death should have been like satisfying for the fans you know and her brother who was also evil in the beginning they they built his character up at, and like he got his redemption he he turned his life around and became a good guy just to have him die in that's in that scene just just dumb it was like mm-hmm. a waste of it was a waste of seven seasons. <laughs> wow. Really don't want to watch yeah. it now. <laughs> no, no, no. You should definitely watch it. Even though I gave away all the spoilers, you should definitely watch it. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. I guarantee you will anybody who's never watched Game of Thrones, you will enjoy it if you really like good storytelling, uh, and visual effects and all that good stuff that comes along with movies. It's like watching a movie every episode. It was mm. like that. It was like really, really good storytelling. Um, a lot of last names to remember, obviously, but I just I'm, I just can't wait for this shit to end already, to be honest. Wow. Okay. So season finale is this coming Sunday? Yes. Ooh, on HBO. It's going to be like a long-ass episode, like a three-hour episode or whatever? No, I heard it's only an hour. Wow. So, yeah. So are you kind of like- done? Like, are you even, are you even like, anticipating this episode? Or are you just like, all right, this shit is going to suck? Like, you know what I mean? No, I'm not, I'm not going into it. This last episode was entertaining because of the battle scenes and everything, but it sucked because of like 
again, like I said, Cersei Lannister's ending kind of sucked. Jamie Lannister's ending sucked. How quickly Daenerys Targaryen went from being like the savior of the world to the Mad Queen kind of sucked. I've, and again, I understand it was rushed because it's six episodes. Why was it six episodes? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not anticipating that the episode's gonna suck, but I could just imagine you know for them to cram the ending of game of thrones into an hour that alone is gonna suck yeah yeah oh well okay i guess i'll i guess i'll have to it'll have to wait for me until everything is over and then i might give it i might give it some time i still have some things that i need to catch up on but well i don't know man i like game of thrones so much that i'll watch it with i'll rewatch that show with anybody that has never watched that I, i like the show that much and I, there's also a lot of stuff that I don't even remember. That's how much has happened between, you know, the beginning and now. Yeah. But you should definitely give it a try, though. All right. I will. At some point in life, I will. Let's get into some baseball, CT. A lot of things happened this week. Um, let's start off with Albert Pujols. He hit his 2,000th RBI last week. He joins Alex Rodriguez and Hank Aaron as the only three players in Major League Baseball history to hit to have 2000 RBIs, at least 2000 RBIs, six, at least 600 home runs and at least 3000 hits. Um and this wow. is what it sounded like when Albert Pujols hit that home run. This one's at the deep left field and that is long gone. Big fly for Albert Pujols. Career RBI number 2000. So, not as dramatic it was in Detroit. Um, and there was some drama that surrounded that home run. So this fan, who t- it turns out that he wasn't even supposed to go to the game or whatever. This is what he told Detroit's 97.1 FM. He wasn't even supposed to, su- supposed to go to this game, but him and his boy decided, all right, let's just go to the, the Tigers game. There's not that many people there. And if you watch the replays, the stadium is pretty much empty. Um, he They got a couple tickets. They go into the game. Pools hits the home run, and it bounces, and it lands in his hands, essentially. And um, so he talks about on in that radio program in Detroit 97.1 how the organization handled everything so poorly with him. This is what he said, quote, honestly, if they were if they were just cool about it, I would have just given them the ball. I don't want money off of this. I was offered five thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars as I walked out of the as I walked out of the stadium. I swear to God, I just couldn't take being treated like a garbage bag for catching a baseball. Um, he also said that representatives of the Tigers told him that if he left Comerica Park, that Major League Baseball would not authenticate the ball, which essentially makes the ball worthless because, you know, you, you, how could you tell balls apart or whatever? Uh, that's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> then Albert Pujols, I love this fucking guy, man. Then Pujols comes to this kid's defense and he says, I don't play this game so I can pay fans so they can give me, so they can give me, you know, he can he can have that piece of history. It's for the fans that we play for too. He has the right to keep it. The ball went to the stands, so I would never fight anybody to give anything back. So that guy's a class act. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. What do you think, CT? So first off, before we get into the huge accomplishment of of Pools' two thousand RBI and what what he's accomplished in his career, what would you have done if you were if you were this kid? Um, me personally, I would have given the ball back because I love Albert Pujols, one of my favorite players growing up and still all Mm -hmm. time. Obviously he's an all time great. Uh, I would have enjoyed giving him the ball and maybe exchange, maybe he could exchange me like a Jersey or something. I don't know. I would have given the ball back. That's just me. But I also don't fault anybody for keeping one of those. I mean, yeah. 
like why wouldn't you keep one why wouldn't someone want to keep a baseball that might be worth something in north of you know in the thousands maybe who knows i don't know what baseballs go for these days like that yeah. i don't know what barry bonds home run went for or a rods you know three thousandth hit i don't know what those balls have gone for i know they've all probably gotten them back mm-hmm. but i don't blame anybody for wanting to keep a baseball like what, what the f- yeah people gotta relax <laughs> what i don't understand it's a, is it's just the game <laughs> yeah what what it seems like to me is that this turned into like a like a battle of the balls like who has the biggest balls like you're gonna the, the, this sounds like this kid was insulted that they were offering him money and so he was like, well, so he stood his ground and was like, well, then you're not getting the ball back. It sounded like two children who just couldn't agree on something. Um, I'm not sure how the, the Detroit Tigers representatives approached this kid, but I can't imagine that they just came up to him and said, yo, give me the ball. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it didn't, it couldn't have been that way. Like he he must be, he must think that he's going to get more out of this or something. And he's trying to sound like. They treated me like shit, so I walked away with the ball. Um, but now he's definitely not going to get anything for it because since it's not authenticated, you could find any game used ball on eBay for two for eighteen, twenty, twenty five bucks or whatever, and say it's the Pujols ball, and you know they're not going to fall for that. So but- he kind of screwed himself in the long run. If his plan was to turn the ball in, he screwed himself. He screwed himself over, I think. Well. <clears throat> I don't know why the way I picked I didn't I didn't watch it and this is the first time I'm hearing of it. I I did hear that I did hear when Pujols made those quotes that you know we play the game for the fans so the fans should keep the ball all that stuff. I I I did hear that part. I didn't know all of this happened prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um the way I look at it, I definitely could imagine, I definitely could envision you know the officials trying to get the ball from him and being kind of like taken back that he didn't want to give it in or yeah. something. And just the fact that they're not going to authenticate the ball, authenticate the ball, makes me think that they are—they were being kind of stingy with, with getting their way. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, and why and you authenticate the ball, right? And now you screwed—you screwed yourself, kind of, because now you don't have this as a part of history. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, you know, Pujols' ball is gone forever. Basically, we'll never know. I mean, not that it matters. It's, it's just a baseball, but. If you want it to be a part of history and, and have it out there so at some point in life maybe you can get it back via an auction or you can offer him some more money or something later on, now it's gone forever. But it seems like the player who hit the ball, Albert Pujols, doesn't really care. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, big on him. But Yeah, cool that Pujols doesn't care, but I would, if I was Pujols, I would find a way to get that ball authenticated. I would want to know where, my, where that ball is. You know, I know it's, it doesn't really mean anything, but... At the end of the day, it really doesn't mean anything. You know, his career is going to come and go, and another one's going to come, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But I would try to get that ball authenticated. I feel like you know, it's it's a part of him. That kid caught it. Fans have been catching home runs all 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 the time. Who knows not, when fans started giving baseballs back? Yeah, not just you that, know? not just that. But it's forget the two thousand RBIs, like. That is a huge accomplishment, but to become only the third player, well, he's, a, he's only the third player to reach 2,000 RBIs. That's one. But to become only the third player to hit 600 or more home runs, 3,000 or more hits, 2,000 or more RBIs, too, that's another huge accomplishment. Like, that's very few players in the history of baseball that have done that. Have done that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, you kind of, you kind of, you know, Michael K uses this phrase a lot, cut off, cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like, 
instead of instead of just being the big guy and saying, "All right, you don't want to you don't want to give us the ball, fine, but at, at least let us authenticate it in case you change your mind later on in life." They kind of just threw the you know the baby out with the bathwater and said, "Fuck all of it. Like we don't even care." Um, yeah. And I wonder if it would have been handled differently had it been done in Los Angeles as opposed to Detroit. Oh, definitely. Like, we can't expect that all these organizations are ran the same way, you know? Yeah. So, but um, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. So now with with that hit, I think this officially, I mean, I think that if, if Albert Pujols wasn't, wasn't considered a Hall of Fame caliber player before, this officially establishes him as a Hall of Fame caliber player. The question now is, is he going to be unanimous or not and we've talked about this before i think he's a unanimous hall of famer i think that if mariano rivera a closer a relief pitcher who pitches one maybe two innings at a time you know a couple times a week uh can get in unanimously so should uh, a dynamic hitter like albert pujols i think he's 100 percent should be um unanimous unanimously put in whenever he you know whenever he decides to retire you know and he's eligible for the hall of fame yeah, uh, I also think he should be unanimous, but I don't think he's gonna be unanimous. It's no. just, I just think it's it would be so stupid if he wasn't unanimous. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, like think about this. I used, think about this. A Rod, you could use the excuse that A Rod used steroids or whatever. He got caught on two separate occasions. He's been in, in you know, embroiled in a steroid scandal or whatever. Um, so you want to take him out of the equation? Fine. So then it's just him and Hank Aaron. That's it. Pujols and Hank Aaron, two people. Like yeah, how is how is that not unanimous? Here's the thing, like I, I can I think I'm leaning more. I I think Albert Pujols is unanimous, right? Mm-hmm. I I think that I think he should be in. I mean, his first 10, 11, 12 years of his career, I, nobody's ever put together those numbers except maybe Barry Bonds, and at some point in his ten, you know, if you take yeah, 10, yeah. 10 years of his career, whatever. So Pools was amazing, three MVPs, runner up a bunch of times, crazy. Only he would have had more if Barry Bonds didn't exist and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh World Series champion. He was a nice defender. Kid hit. Didn't strike out, never struck out more than uh than he walked. You know, actually that that's that's not true. But in those days, in the you know, in the days of him playing for St. Louis, except for his rookie year, I'm looking here. He never uh, struck out more than he walked, which is amazing. Like you'll probably never see another hitter like that for a minute. And I think for his end, career, I think for his career, he's walked more than he struck out. He has, yeah. I, I, but I meant like in a season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was in St. Louis, he walked a lot more than he struck out. Yeah. So I think he's unanimous. But I'm starting to care less and less about the Hall of Fame these days, and I know he's not going to be unanimous. Like I just know, and it's because of the end of his career. Maybe because he's the leader and grounding out on double plays or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I just, you know, the the Hall of Fame is just dumb to me. Like, I, I feel like a guy like Poole shouldn't even have to go through a voting process. That's how that's how good I think he is, you know? And yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's it like... Should be, it should be he retires, okay, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's it. Like, yeah, why as you, soon as he retires, just hand him, the, hand him the slip or whatever they do and get him in there. That's it. And um, this this year, he's been, I mean, he's not, his average is still really low. He's not a, he doesn't hit for average anymore. Like, let's just, let's face it. The fact of the matter is... He's slow as hell. So any grounder that that any other baseball player, even a, a slow runner like I don't know who's a slow ass runner uh, right now. I can't think of anybody. But think of the think of a slow runner in baseball. Pujols is probably slower than that person. So 
any yeah. any any ball that's hit up the middle that sneaks up, you know, past the short the second base, maybe the shortstop gets it behind him and another runner would beat it out. He's not beating that shit out anymore. Um yeah. so I'm not saying that that's going to make up for all the for for, you know, whatever he used to hit before, but it it really diminishes his ability to hit for average anymore. He doesn't get on base, he doesn't walk, he's a swinger. He he that's why he doesn't, you know, strike out that much and he doesn't walk that much either. But he's hitting pretty good for power this year. He already has eight home runs in thirty six games, twenty one RBI. Mm-hmm. So he's he's probably gonna he could he could realistically hit thirty this year, and maybe yeah. drive in eighty, maybe I would say like seventy five runs or so. Um, so I mean, he still has some value on a team. Um, he does. But I, I just, don't know. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool if he hit thirty again this year, and mm-hmm. I think he still has a two more years after that left in his contract so you know keeps hitting 30 you never know yeah flirting flirting with 700 uh, he could he could do it i think he'll definitely pass a rod in the rbi list yeah oh yeah yeah definitely definitely especially since yeah. he has the time to do it you know but yeah he's again, two more seasons after this again i think pools is a different class just like mariana was but mm-hmm. you can make the argument pools better than that you know yeah. and I do think he's unanimous. I just have a feeling that he's not going to be. Yeah, well. And and I kind of don't care because really who does care? You got in or you, and you by unanimous or not being unanimous, I kind of don't care anymore. I mean, Griffey wasn't unanimous. Right. You know? Um, as long as you're in, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. As long as you're in, it's whatever. But at the same time, it's like I, I, don't, I really stopped caring about the Hall of Fame now. It's like it's the – all these players that get left out and all the voting and all the – there's there's cheaters in the in the in the Hall of Fame and stuff like I don't know man it's yeah. cool I want to go visit someday but I don't you know the players that we grew up idolizing are will always be like Hall of Famers to us I guess and I yeah. guess that's all that matters I've never been to Cooperstown I think that when Jeter gets in which I think is this year he's eligible I think or maybe next year I want to go for that just because. I grew up with that team. That was, you know, like my, my first team was the 93 Yankees, but that team sucked. 94, you had the strike. 95, he starts making his debut. 96, uh, I think he won rookie of the year, maybe co-rookie of the year. And uh, then you got all those championships. So, like, that was my team growing up. So I, I'd like to see that and use it as an excuse to check out Cooperstown at the same time. Yeah, um, I, I would have loved to go to the to the Pedro one. Usually, I don't watch the ceremonies, and I definitely watch the Pedro Martinez one because right, that, was, that was you know, special. yeah, that was Vlad, that was Pedro, and I can't remember who else. It was a Chipper that year too. John I Smoltz, can't. I think it was John Smoltz. John Smoltz, that was a great class. Um, yeah. So Actually, for sure, you know what wasn't Pedro's with Randy Johnson? I'm pretty sure Vlad was there, or maybe no. That's you're right. You're right. It was Randy Johnson and Pedro. It wasn't Vlad. Vlad, I think, was a year after. Yeah, I think it was Pedro. Uh, Randy Johnson, Craig Biggio, maybe Smoltz. I don't think it was three pitchers, man. Uh, let me see. That Pedro was 2013. Let's see, Hall of Fame, 2013, MLB, and we got 2015. Craig Biggio, Mike Piazza. Yeah, you're right. It was 2015. Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, John Smoltz, and Craig Biggio. Oh wow! So we were like partly yeah. wrong and right. Word. Wait, and then, Biggio. Oh, and I got it now. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> and then the next season it was Griffey and Piazza. Yeah. Um, and then I guess when was Vlad? When when did Vlad get in? Twenty eighteen? No, he didn't get in. No, he 
he got in earlier than all these guys because he retired, I think. Let's see here. Damn. Yeah, Vlad got in like in 2013. When did he stop playing? Jesus. This well, shows. I playing like in 2011, I think. I don't know, man. I used to know all these things. Damn. <laughs> By uh, the way, okay. sp- yeah. speaking of Vlad, his son hasn't really, you know. No, man. Hasn't been doing much. Nope. Not at all. Not at Vlad all, stopped, man. Vlad stopped playing in 2011. Okay. So he got in in 20. Yeah. Then it had to be 2016. What a monster. What a monster. But, yeah. Yeah. No, with the Vlad thing, maybe the hype was just too much, man. I'm not saying that he's he's a bust. It's too soon to no, be I a don't bust. Think, yeah, I don't think he's a bust. But whenever you hype somebody up this much, it's just, you know, maybe, not that it got to his head, but maybe he's feeling some pressure or something. And it, it, all it's going to take for this kid is a good two, three game hitting streak to just loosen him up. And then that's it. He's going to go on a tear because yeah. you're seeing you're seeing stuff in there. Like, I think he had the hardest hit ball in Blue Jays history already yeah. in his in yeah. a short span um, as as a Blue Jays third baseman. You're seeing good swings. You're seeing him make good contact. I think it's just going to take, like I said, one or two balls dunking in, and that's it. He's going to take off. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a good player. I still don't think he's going to be like his father, but I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I don't think uh, that'd be rare, man. Right? If a, if a kid comes out and he's a Hall of Famer like his dad yeah. is, so. imagine. But again, it's so early, you know, and I don't think he's a bust. But I did expect, like, you know, how many guys come into the major league and get a home run in their first game or something and yeah. or first week I, I i i'm not gonna lie i expected a home run by now me too as much as as much as the hype was i think he should have hit a home run by now all right ct let's move on to the next story the next story is i'm gonna jump to the yankee story so the yankees um have been winning games um despite losing a lot of players they just lost uh, Loisiga and they lost Andujar again. This time, I think Andujar is going to have to get surgery because there's no way that they're just going to let this guy rehab and put him back out in the field. Um, yeah. But anyway, this past weekend, they took two out of three against the first place Rays. I think they're a half a game away from first as of right now. There might be a delay tonight. I'm not sure. So if you listen tomorrow, they might have taken first place. They might not have. We don't know. Um, but anyway, in the last they're game, half, half game back. Half a game back. Okay. So th- they could either be tied by tonight or or not or, or remain the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so in game three, after they knocked out Blake Snell, they're in the ninth inning. They're about to close the game out or whatever. Boom. The lights go out in Tampa Bay. For 43 minutes, you have a delay due to a power outage. I know that people think that the story here is the Yankees. What The question that I have for you before I jump into the Yankees is, what the fuck with Tampa Bay, man? Do like do they deserve a baseball team? This like they run such a tight ship in that organization when it comes to players and player development and fielding a, a an amazing team on the cheapest budget in baseball. But in terms of the fans, they don't show up. You have a stadium that's falling apart. The other day it was raining and, and the stadium was leaking. You have a power outage yesterday. It's a like it's a joke. Yeah, like. If you're not playing, if you're not paying your players, or you're not paying anybody, what what, what are you paying your what are you using your money for? You know, like I don't I don't know, man. Like they they were supposed to get a new stadium, but it was shut down. the 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 proposal was was shot down. I think it was because they they wanted taxpayers to pay, which which is essentially what happens. Like Yankee Stadium, I think half the bill went to the taxpayers. A lot of these new stadiums, that's what happens. 
I'm not going to lie. If I was a taxpayer in Tampa Bay, I wouldn't want half of my money going to this team either because, Hell no. you know, the, people don't even go to the games. <laughs> the, 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 the team first, should be, they should move somewhere else. That I mean, that's a yeah. solution. No, they really should. I mean, the team's in first, play, the first place. They have their winning games. They have, uh, you know, recognizable names mm-hmm. on, that, on that roster. Blake Snell's a stud, right? And people still aren't going to games. The most people you got were this weekend because the Yankees were in town. Yep. And it's just upsetting to watch a game and seeing an empty crowd, you know. And I can oh imagine how just how upsetting that is for the players, you know. And we don't people probably don't take that into account, you know. When those players finally go to like Yankee Stadium and play there, that's probably why these guys want to go play there, you know. That's probably why these guys, you know, dream about playing for the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, you know, because we appreciate the the team more, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't. There has to be a reason why people don't go to Tampa Bay games, though. That, they, that stadium must just be so shitty. <laughs> maybe. I mean, they should just move that team to back to Montreal. It seems like Montreal wants a team again. So put them back there, man. Fuck it. Yeah. Put an, an NL team in Canada. Or a Canadian NL team. That makes more sense. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I've never been to the trap. I, I would like to go just to see what kind of a shit show it is. But... You've had team. You had players like like Evan Langoria. Evan Langoria blasted the, the the race fans when he was a player there. Tommy Pham last year blasted the race fans for not coming to games. Um, you have a lot of people on Twitter. I wrote a piece on this on Call to the Pen when I first started working there back in October, I think it was. And you had people saying things like, "Well, the blackout restrictions. We can't watch the games. This, this, and that." And and I agree with that. Like baseball needs to work on these blackout restrictions and and ticket pricing and stuff like that. But I mean, if you have a hometown team, you got to show up and support them. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams out there where it's not easy to get to the stadium. I mean, just think of Yankee Stadium alone, where where I used to live in Jersey City. I would say Yankee Stadium is probably five, six miles away max. But it could take it could take you an hour and a half, two hours to get there. Oh, yeah. People still show up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. You know, that's not at at some point that stops being an excuse. Um, And maybe that's just not a it seems like Florida is just not a baseball town because the the Miami Marlins, you know, the Miami Marlins won World Series championships. They didn't draw sellout crowds. You know what I mean? So, yep. Maybe they just, you know, move the teams. It seems like Vegas wants a team. It seems like Montreal wants a team. Maybe it's time to move some of these franchises. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Rays and the Marlins should combine and just share a stadium, you know? Right. I don't know. They, they have that new stadium in Miami. Maybe they could just be the the Miami Rays or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so back to the Yankees now. So the Yankees are, again, in striking distance of first place. They're winning games with a minor league team, essentially. And this guy, Gio Urshela, Ursher, Ur- I don't know how do you say his name. Urshela. But he's... I mean, I'm starting to buy in. Like with like with with Aaron Judge after his first season, I still needed a little bit more to see to make sure that he was a real deal. I I I'm I bought in officially on Aaron Judge now. Gio Urshela hasn't been here long enough, but I feel like the sample so- the sample size is big enough now to tell me that maybe he's not this great of a hitter, but that he is a good fielder and that he's okay. If he if he were to hit 275, let's say. That's good enough. I don't need this guy to hit 350 or 400. Like, for a defensive third baseman who's clutch as fuck, apparently, yep. I'm fine with that if Andujar's not going to be here. Um, and, I'm, you know, this guy is just like he's he's stepping up. Every time there's a big moment, he's the one to step up for some reason. So you've uh, 
you've given up not given up on her on uh and Duhar, but he's you know I don't expect kind of in the, kind of in the back seat now. I I just don't expect and Duhar to be here until next year. I think he's going to be out for wow. the year. Oh okay. I mean he tore yeah. I, I think he tore his labrum or something. He came back and he's hurt again like you shouldn't be fucking with this kid. He's a, he's a kid. Like let especially him heal with, and bring him back next year. Yeah, especially since he has such a violent swing, you know? Yeah, he does. Like yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to gauge like how ready he can be coming off an injury like that. And uh I I know what you're saying about Gio Urshela or Urshela. I don't Whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> Gio. I get what you're saying about Gio. He might not be this good. I mean, he's hitting 345 right now. Mm-hmm. And 909 OPS. Maybe he's not this good, but he's definitely earned a spot on the team, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the Yankees have sacrificed good defense for offense in the past. These replacements are, it's like kind of like, you know, it's kind of showing you you don't need not every hitter on the team. And I've said this, I've said this a bunch of times, but I think the Yankees only care about having a lineup with like, with everyone in the lineup that can hit 20 home runs regardless mm-hmm. of how good they are on defense because I don't think the Yankees defense has ever been that amazing. Not even Agreed. looking at stats, not even looking at stats. But yeah, like this guy has definitely earned a spot on the team. I think it's a good anchor to have at third base, a good defender. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. And um and and with Andujar when he did come back for those few games, he just didn't look good. And I think he just did he maybe he didn't feel well, maybe he's not maybe he's not, maybe he's not ready. Maybe you know, last year defensively he was atrocious, um, and off and offensively he was, uh, you know, the piece that the team needed because he wasn't a home run or nothing guy. He's a contact hitter, um, but you know, could that have been a fluke too? I'm not saying that it was, but could it have been? You know what I mean? It was only one season, so I don't yeah. know. I I think you let this kid get get healthy, you give him an, and then you you know if Ursula continues doing this throughout this year. Then you let them compete for a job next year, like you did with with Greg Bird and Luke Voigt, and and it turns out that Luke Voigt won. You know what I mean? And he seems like he's the real deal. So yeah, what is the uh, what is the story with Greg Bird? Like, is he done? Planter planter fasciitis, the same thing Jacoby Ellsbury has. Right oh now. my god! Yeah, it just what seems if, like what if, Greg, what if this is just, what if that's just like a made up injury that the maybe the I don't know man out there. <laughs> I think Greg Bird is I and I like Greg Bird because when he when he came up he had some big hits for us. But I hate to say it, man, but I think he's I don't think he's gonna be a big league player because he just gets hurts too much. He reminds me of of uh, when Jason Giambi I think it was before or maybe it was after Jason Giambi left the team. Maybe it was before. Because I remember him playing in the 2003 ALCS. There was a guy named Nick Johnson on on the Yankees who was like a goofy looking tall guy. He didn't look like a baseball player, but he for some reason he had he came up with big hits when he was on the field. He was good, but it turned out that he he was too injury prone. He just always got hurt, and I think he ended up having a good career with the Nationals or whatever. But that's kind of what Nick Johnson, um, not Nick Johnson, Greg Bird reminds me of. Maybe he'll find a home somewhere else. Where he can, you know, take like the twins, like a team where where that doesn't get that much attention or something, and he can, you know, break out there. I don't know. Yeah. While while we were talking, I was looking up the Yankees, uh, and the Yankees are ranked tenth in home runs this year, which is you know really far from where they were last year, where they broke the, the home run record. Yeah. Um, naturally, I mean, you lost your two big power hitters on the team.
let's talk about some let's talk about the red sox so let's man please finally yeah. here we go finally. you know what now nah, let's not talk the about good, the red sox. The good the good part of the show has arrived you know what let's not talk about the red sox forget about it let's talk about the red sox man because shavis called up on a 420 we yep. swept the raise that we swept the raise that weekend we only lost six games since then he is here to stay manny my good friend Okay. So yeah, so so after we spoke last year, last week and something tells me that we have an opposite effect on people because after we spoke about Shavis last week, he went on an on an 0 for 18 uh hitless streak. <laughs> <laughs> and then he broke out. He broke out yesterday for some reason. So maybe for us Ooh. to talk to, to talk about him a little bit. But not only that, CT, Rafi Devers has been on a tear yeah. over the last couple weeks. We've been talking so much shit about Devers. He's leading the AL in batting average. He has like a 1,000 OPS over the last like 15 games or something. Crazy. He's raking. Maybe maybe he listens to the show and he wants to shut us up or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is what he was meant to be. I don't think he's going to be leading anybody in you know any league and average, but I'll take it. And I'll admit that I talked a lot of shit about him, but I just – you just see – you just watch games and that's how you form your opinions, you know, up until the, up until he went on this tear. I, I did think he was a little bit overrated. Actually, you convinced me that he was a little bit overrated. I'm sorry, man. I was, I was fine with him. <laughs> well, maybe he but, is overrated and maybe this is like, yeah. you know, maybe his value is high right now. Maybe you can get, you know, a relief pitcher out of it or something. It sounds I'll like the, it, it sounds like the Jays are trying to sell some players. Yeah, I'll take oh, it, but the, I want to. And the Giants, too. Yeah, uh, I want to. So I started going on Baseball Savant a lot. It's a, such a great site. I really oh my God. enjoy watching like the little animations and stuff. I love and the Red Sox. Sport. If you see, if you go, to, if you type in like the Red Sox and you see their little run animation, mm-hmm. run differential animation. Which, by the way, if you look at the standings, the Red Sox. I mean, the AL East. We the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox all have like a positive run differential by like twenty at least. Yep. Uh, the only other standings that I saw where there was more than one team was the, okay, Philly and Atlanta. Atlanta has a run differential of plus one. The Reds have a run differential of plus 30, but they're in last place in their division. That's crazy. So that, that division, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are actually in third place and their run differential is negative 35. Every other team has a positive run differential. But my point is, is that, uh, Houston's running away with that division. Nobody's going to challenge them. Nope. I don't even, I I don't see Oakland bouncing back from how they're playing. Me neither. No. The, the Angels are playing good right now, believe it or not. They're playing really yeah. good right now. Yeah, but anyways, the the point that I was trying to make was that the if you go to be, uh, baseball savant and you hit run differential for the Red Sox, they obviously we all know how they started, but now I think they're ninth in run differential. They've just been on a tear ever since April 19th when we swept mm-hmm. the Rays. They Where? are they are fourth in the American League. Wait, no, fourth in baseball, I think, in, in runs scored. Yeah, fourth in baseball runs scored. But I'm just talking about how we started the season. Yeah, no, now. no, yeah. The only team, the only teams with a better run differential than us is the Reds, the Yankees, Phillies, Dodgers, Twins, Cubs, Rays, and the Astros. So yeah. I'm telling you, man, the Red Sox are coming for that division. Well, I think the Red Sox, the strength of the Red Sox team is the offense, and I think last year. I feel like I gave the pitching a little bit too much credit. Not yeah. that the pitching is bad, but if you really go back and, and sort some stats from last year, it was the offense that carried you guys. Yeah, you guys, our offense was crazy. It, it's it's out of this world, and and 
The proof is in the pudding. In this three-game series against the Seattle Mariners, who, by the way, I told you at the beginning of the season they were gonna they were gonna have some sort of a downfall that that wasn't the real Seattle Mariners. Um, they scored 34 runs in three games against the Mariners. That's insane. That's that's 11, almost 12 runs a game in a series. It. It's embarrassing. And and they're riding a five-game win streak. Um, Chris Sale's pitching like Chris Sale again. Um, and, and here's the thing about Chris Sale. I wrote something about him last week. I, I delved into his stats a little bit deeper. His velocity's back down again, but he's still pitching really good. The difference is in that game against the Yankees, he was touching 97, 98 on, on, on the gun, and he still lost the game. But I think that that gave him the confidence to go to his fastball again, even though it, it's, it hasn't been that fast. Because, because after that, he hasn't touched 96, 97 again. It's been 95, 93, 92, yeah. 91, but he's using it a lot more. And, and what that does is it makes you more deceptive. It keeps the hitters guessing. They don't know what's coming now. They, you know, mm-hmm. they might be looking. They might be searching for the, for the slider, but they're going to get the, the fastball or whatever. Or the scouting report might say he's not using the fastball so much anymore. So people are, are sitting on something else, and, and they're, they're getting surprised by it. It's going to change yeah. again, but it's, it's the conf- it shows you how confidence plays such a big role in this game. doesn't matter how. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of puts the whole month of April in perspective. Like, you know, it was just April, and he was and just he he was down in the dumps. Out. He, he was blasting himself every you know every game, saying that he sucked yeah. and all this shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys are back. Thank God, David Price is hurt and your bullpen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that Yankees magic is gonna run out though, right? Like, it has can, to run can, out. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna run out. So I just can't wait till we overcome this and just run away with the division okay. until your players come back. Which, by the way, no timetable set for Aaron Judge. I don't know when the hell uh, Giancarlo Stan is going to come back. Severino's yeah. not coming back until after the All-Star break. But Tances has don't a month to go. <laughs> don't be shocked if Severino comes back for one or two games and goes, goes right back to the to the IL. Don't you put Honestly. that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> don't you put that on us. <laughs> Aaron Hicks comes back today. Yeah, well, all right. I mean, that's that's a good... That's a good player to have back but it doesn't it doesn't spark that much i think excitement. talkman got sent down right or that's fine well, why hit the hit the yeah and talkman got sent down too yeah yeah damn yeah. And right? chad chad green by the way chad green was a beast against the tampa bay rays yesterday yeah he might be back put him on my fantasy team um wow. all right i think it's time to move on to the next story ct okay A dandy, and here's a dandy off the bat of Yasiel Puig, and Puig takes Bumgarner, yeah! And he'll make the turn to a house of booze once again. He did it yesterday, he does it today. Do you know what that was, CT? That was Puig homering off of an inside pitch that Bumgarner yep. threw. So, yeah, and so he does a bat flip. Nothing crazy for Yasiel Puig, but... Um, after the game, Mad Bum says to the media that Puig is a quick study. It only took him seven years to learn how to hit that pitch. And the Giants got the last laugh by winning the game 6-5. to five. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to look back a little bit, and there's, there's some bad blood between these two players. Um, in 2014, Puig got the best out of Mad Bum again. He hit a home run, and he, he flipped the bat. Nothing crazy, again, for Yasiel Puig. Nothing out of the ordinary for this, this player. 
I mean, he pimps a freaking pop-up sometimes. Anyway, yeah. um, Mad didn't like it. He said something to him as he crossed his home plate. And then two years later, Mad gets the best out of Puig. And, and Mad then instigates something again and says something to Puig as he crosses first base. The bench is clear. So these two have some bad blood. Um, to me, in this instance, in this whole fiasco, Mad Bum seems like a little bitch. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you agree uh, with me. Nah, I don't. I don't think he seems like a bitch, man. But I think Bumgarner is just so like competitive, and he's. I don't want. Okay, I don't want to use the word like. I don't. I don't consider Bumgarner like a trash talker type of thing. Mm-hmm. I just think he he knows that he's the man, I guess, and he likes to. Clearly, they have they have a little beef. Obviously, they have had the history and stuff. But me personally, I think Puig's just sometimes a little annoying. And I think Bumgarner's just not gonna let he's just gonna say he's not gonna bite his tongue and all that good stuff. I I, I don't mind. I don't think he sounded like a bitch for saying that. That was pretty funny when I when I read it. Yeah. Like how he said it took him seven years to hit that pitch or how to yeah. learn how to hit the pitch. I thought that was pretty funny. And the reporter um, who reported it said that he did it jokingly. But what I'm trying to say is if you watch the videos, the the home run in twenty fourteen and and the home run that he hit yesterday, Sunday. Puig, it's not like he showboat. It's not like he stood at home plate, stared at the ball, you know, did the Willie Mays haze, like looked at the ball with his eyes, you know, his hands over his eyes or whatever. Um, he literally hit it, stared at it for like a split second, dropped the bat and ran to first base. Um, so he showboated a little bit, but nothing crazy. It wasn't Tim Anderson. You know what I'm saying? Like for Puig, for me, that was that was a subdued reaction, and for for Madbum to get offended by something like that, it just seems like, dude, like just get with it a little bit. You know what I mean? Now you know though, like again, Bumgarner and them, they they had a little issue when he when he hit that home run, but Puig is like a very out there type of player. For all we know, that wasn't the first time that Bumgarner, you know, got annoyed by something. Yeah, I just think Puig is a very He's very out there, and I would probably get annoyed with him too, especially if they they play each other more yeah. often than not. You know, when they when he was on the Dodgers and stuff. So, who's the dude in 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 the Cubs? Is it Wilson Contreras that gets all animated yeah. and shit? Yeah. So it's yeah, similar. He's, he's, he's he's one of them. Yeah. He's one of them too. But I kind of like that energy. the The Puig energy for me is just weird when he starts licking the bat and he talks yeah, to the like, bat and like he's just a weird dude. Wilson Contreras, like the- you know, I I kind of like that energy. I like the energy too. I'm not gonna. I, I'm. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I like the energy, especially since like we're we're Dominican. Like the way we played baseball is off that type of energy. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm saying is that Puig. Sometimes I feel like okay. It's 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 a little. I'm, I don't know how to put this in. I don't really know how to say this, but I feel like that energy is great when you're playing great. Puig mm-hmm. hasn't never really lived up to his his hype. Yeah. And yeah, he's the guy that does that on a pop up, you know? I feel right. like you shouldn't, I'll never agree with you staring at a pop up. And if you don't know that it's a home run, then don't stare at it. But he's one of the guys that stare at it. And, and guys that stare at pop ups, not pop ups, obviously, I think Puig's just stared at not not just a regular routine pop up. Maybe he thought it was a home run and it wasn't. But still, if you're not 100% sure that it's a home run, don't stare at it. Run it out. And I'm never going to be okay with guys that are that out there for every single thing like and i'm not saying that you know that shouldn't be a lot in baseball but just my personality will never like that type of player ever okay 
I will I never it. be in love with that type of player is what I'm saying. I like it. And it has its place in baseball. There's moments. But I don't care who you are. If you're making it about you in every single instance that you get, then I will never like that type of player on my team. So how do you feel about a guy like Manny Machado then? What about him? He kind of does the same thing. I mean, he pimps nah, deep don't, flies. Don't compare. Don't compare. Don't compare Machado to Puig. Puig is on another. Puig is some other type of shit. And also, Puig is nowhere near Manny Machado's talent. The talent level is not. Yeah, you're right. The talent level is not comparable. But when it comes to making things about himself, and when it comes to pimping deep flies and shit, Manny Machado's on the same boat. Uh, I don't know, man. I th- I know Manny Machado has had a bad rep for a little incidents that he's had and stuff. Uh, I don't I don't consider him and Puig on the same type of emotion or making it about me type of thing. I've seen too many times Puig just being like crazy and shit. Yeah. Which, which is what I'm saying. As a as and I'm not saying this is like a a baseball thing or like MLB thing. This is a me thing. You're just as ask me the person. I've never been a fan of guys that are that crazy and, and emotional about about stuff never yeah. never been a fan of that yeah he, he he does go a little overboard um yeah at times uh okay and again so, if i'm and, it, and if and if i'm a, a hispanic descent kid who grew up i don't and i don't mind this stuff i could just imagine i mean this is why i always say i don't i don't mind guys flipping their bats and showboating but if i have a limit to how much i think that should be then I can definitely understand why a major league pitcher who's in it, who's living it, could have a short fuse for those type of things is what I'm saying. I don't agree with pitchers throwing at batters, but I can understand why they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and t- to Bumgarner's credit, he never threw at Puig. It, just, it sounds like they have a a little rivalry going on between them two. Yeah. And we got the best of him yesterday, but he did that shot. He took at the end was pretty good that it took him seven years to learn how to hit that pitch. Um, so anyway, let's, Javi, yeah, you see Javi Baez. I feel like you don't really hear much about Javi Baez anymore. He, he cemented himself as one of baseball's best players because he's playing good. I think that, I think that's the yeah. difference. I think that's the it's, difference. It is with, the difference. Honestly, that is yeah. the biggest difference. That's the difference with Manny Machado and Yasiel Puig too, because I, I still do think, I think that Puig is absolutely crazier than Machado is. If, if that's the word we yeah. want to use in terms of like the whole, sh- like I said, licking his bat, grinding up on the bat sometimes, like sh- doing weird ass shit like that. But when it comes to making the game about himself, I think they both equally make things about themselves. The difference is Manny Machado is on a whole new level when it comes to to the game, playing the game defensively as a hitter, so on and so forth. And that's the same thing with Javi Baez. Javi Baez used to get blasted all the time for for his showboating and all this stuff. And now that he cemented himself as one of the best players in the game... Nobody says anything anymore. Now people love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Even I, I'm not gonna lie. When he when he came into the league and was doing all that stuff, I was like, all right, like, get do something first. Now that he's doing, I can't hate him. Like, I honestly cannot hate Javi Baez. Again, though, there's a limit to how much I can take from a a teammate doing all this crazy shit. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually, let's get to baseball. Let's play baseball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever, whatever makes it fun for them. And again, if you're performing, do whatever the hell you want. If if you're performing, no one's ever gonna say shit. And if you're performing and people get mad from the other team, then at the end of the day, it's like they, they can't stop you anyways. You're going to do what you want. Truth. You know? Word. All right. You feel me? Let's stick with the Giants real quick. Uh, so pitcher for the Giants, Derek Holland, has sucked this season. Let's just put it 
like plainly. And um, he was demoted after his start on Saturday. He was demoted to the bullpen. And when speaking to the media, he dropped a bombshell. This is this is the quote that he said. To be honest, I have no idea what they're doing. I don't mean Bruce Bochy. It's more the front office. We keep changing a lot of things. I did fake an injury, so I'm not happy about that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do what they asked me to do. I'm going to be here for my teammates. That's uh, that's what it's all about. Um, so the big thing in there is that he says that he faked an injury. And, um, you know, later on, Farhan Saidi, the, the president of baseball operations, says that his word of the use fake probably comes from him feeling that he could continue to pitch uh, to pitch with whatever injury he has. Players and staff and front office people sometimes have differences of opinion when they should or shouldn't play. And uh, later on, he says that he has documents showing that he do- that he does have something, a bruise on his index index finger or something like that. But um, it brings up the question with the whole seven day IL, 10 day IL, 15 IL, whatever. Could you see a situation where players ask to fake an injury or do you think that's like beyond, you know, beyond Major League Baseball teams? I think anything's possible. Uh, I think that, yeah, I could see a team asking a player to fake an injury. I don't know. I I could just, I see it. I can see it. After all the stuff that we've learned about Major League Baseball, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then for this kid to just say it flat out like that. That's also was like, I feel like there's a sniper on him somewhere. Like MLB's about to pull the trigger. <laughs> Yo, well, MLB's going to have to do something. I mean, they're going to have to investigate it or. But sus- you see, uh, you see, um, Clint Frazier when he went. On, remember when we talked about it? Clint Frazier yeah. going on the on the IL, and he said he wouldn't be going to the IL, but the MRI showed a tear right. in his ankle. And then those are the type of injuries that players would have played through right. back in the day. Uh, I think it maybe it's that, and you know, I don't know if a player has a choice to say that they can play or not, but maybe they do make it worse than it really is, so that they they're forced to go on the on the IL. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. To me, the the key word is fake, that he faked an injury. Like, if you feel pain in baseball teams, baseball teams take you out of games if your ass hurts or whatever. Or if you, you know, your fingernail chips or whatever the fuck, they take you out of games. So I get it. But to say that you faked an injury for me implies that you feel no pain. You feel perfectly fine. And you're being taken out. You're you're being told to to pretend that you have something that you don't have, and I think that's 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 going overboard. But then at the same time, Farhan Saidi says that he has paperwork. Why would he volunteer that? You know what I'm saying? Because if, if MLB does launch an investigation, he's gonna have to show it. But then at the same time, yeah. do we trust MLB? Come on, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't either. So, I don't know. We're like we're stuck in a wormhole, player- CT. Yeah, asking a player to fake an injury, I mean, it it's bad. It sounds bad now that we know it might have happened, but do you really think that they're going around like, oh, man, we're getting some deep trouble for this shit? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, and, and if, if you decided to, to, to say that you have an injury when you don't have an injury, then you're in on it, too. You must have known. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This all seems a little fishy. It's another one of those things about baseball that I just don't understand. I can understand why you would tell a, pay- a player to fake an injury. Like in football, you can tell a player, "Yo, we need a timeout. We're out of timeouts. You need to f- you need to fake an injury right now so we can get some time to to, to take a breather or some shit." Like you know that that happens yeah. in football. 
Um, yeah. In baseball, maybe I don't know. Maybe you need to fill. You know, call. I don't. I don't. Why would you do it in baseball? Actually, now that I think about maybe it, maybe free up that roster spot. Yeah, but or couldn't you just send them he down? Demoted. He got demoted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't you just say on paper that we're demoting him to AAA and call up a AAA player? I don't even know. I don't even know why they would do that. I don't know, man. But keep let's 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 revisit this story in a couple of weeks because I have a feeling this is one of those things that's going to get swept under the rug and we're never going to hear about it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should try to reach out to Derek Holland and see. Be like, hey, man, we have a platform for you to speak your mind. <laughs> yeah, we speak the truth here. You want to come on our? You want to yeah, come man. on our, our truth-telling podcast? All right. You might lose your job as a Major League Baseball player, but mm-hmm. still, the truth, will, the truth will come to light. Word. The truth shall, shall set you free. Yes. <clears throat> All right. The final big story of this week is Mark. Not Mark. I always call him Mark. Mike Fires. This is what happened. For the second time in his career, has thrown a no-hitter. Tonight, he no-hits the Cincinnati Reds. Sensational performance by the A's right-hander, Mike Fires. Wow. So, Mike Fires tossed his second career no-hitter, the first of 2019 in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't understand this guy because at times he looks like a decent pitcher. I've picked him up in fantasy before and he's he's destroyed me. He's uh, a yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't I mean I don't even know. I mean the Cincinnati Reds, it's not like they're a bad team. They have uh, Eugenio Suarez is a great hitter. Joey Votto, you know, is an on base machine, although he's not playing as good as he typically does. Um Thanks. like like you said before, they have a good run differential, so, so they have a good offensive squad. Um I don't even know how this happened, but you know what? Good for Mark. Good for Mike Fires, man. Good for him. That was that was the three hundredth no hitter in MLB history, too. Oh no way! I just learned. Yeah, wow, the three hundredth. So, yeah, I mean, that's that, he's just a random pitcher, man. It's like you said, he's a streamer in fantasy, which means that we're gonna pick him up and drop him just to fill a role, just to get yep. some points. Yep. Nobody really keeps him on the roster. Uh, and the fact that he has two now, like. <laughs> I, that's what I'm trying to figure yeah, out, I man. Could just, I could just imagine the list of of in the history of the game, the list of pitchers with two no hitters, and he's definitely probably nowhere near that those cali- that caliber of talent. You know, I agree, I agree. And yeah, man. This, I had read somewhere that it's harder to throw an immaculate an immaculate inning than it is to throw a no hitter. Well, I think what it, what you probably saw was the amount of time that immaculate innings have happened in the history of the game compared uh-huh. to the amount of times that no hitters have happened. So honestly, I think, I think pitching an immaculate inning is easier. It's three outs versus 27 outs. Especially in, up a hit. I feel like you've seen, we've been seeing them more over the last couple of years. Yeah. And so I, I think the immaculate inning is easier in theory, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know, that's like saying what's harder, four home runs in a game by a one player or no hitter. It's really what's happened least, what's what's happened less in the history of the game. I think four home runs in a game has happened less than no hitter. So they're going to say that hitting four home runs in a game is harder. But is it? how do we really know? Yeah. You know? I don't know. So this is at, this is as of last year, tw- 2018. I think Dylan Batanzas threw an immaculate inning last year. I think there were a couple last year. 
there were 13 uh since 2014 there have been 13 immaculate innings um there were at that point there were only 84 immaculate innings so they're definitely on the rise like we said and I think we can compare them. I think there's a graph here that compares them to no hitters. Yeah, immaculate innings. As of 2018, there were 83 immaculate innings, 253 no hitters. Are you sure that was a 300 no hitter? Uh, that's what this article says. Mike Fires no hitter inside the numbers behind the 300th no hitter in MLB history. Okay, then I can't go by this this graph then. But either way, 83. I, you know. Whatever. I guess it is. What's the What's the graph say? It says that there have been 200 total since 1900. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe they're counting pre 1900 stats. Mm-hmm. Um, since 1900, so from 1900 to 2018, there have been 253 no hitters, 83 immaculate innings, and 21 perfect games. So it's harder to throw an immaculate inning than it is to throw a perfect game. I mean, a no hitter. But like yeah, you said, an immaculate again, inning is just one inning versus twenty-seven outs, twenty-seven or outs, nine innings. You know, and I wouldn't say it's harder, but it, since it's rarer, more rare. Yeah, what's yeah. The, what's the proper word for that? I don't know. Um, then that's probably why they're saying it's harder. Truth. You know, but immaculate Truth. innings are so cool when they happen. You know, they are cool, man. Didn't like, Chris Sale just want- have one? Chris Sale just had one, and there was another one this season, too. I think it was by – I'm not I'm, – it's not ringing a bell, but it's it's not – it wasn't like just a random pitcher that threw this immaculate inning. It was it was a top-flight type of talent. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like I almost want to see an immaculate inning more than a no-hitter at this point. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, they're well, so cool when they happen. Yeah, exactly. And with a no-hitter, you, you can kind of – like, there's an anticipation to it. Like, you get to a point where you're – you anticipate it. You, you're you're seeing it happen. You're seeing it unfold. Yeah. With an immaculate inning, it kind of hits you out of nowhere, and it's quick. It's like a, it's like, like quick satisfaction, whatever you call it. Like it, it happens. With, yeah. Like it's it's an inning. You know what I mean? It's the probably the fastest inning you could probably have. But um, I'd rather see also four home runs by a hitter in a game now too. Yeah, that those that are would fun. Be crazy. Perfect games or something down. else though. So in, in my life, oh, I've yeah. witnessed two perfect games um, from my team, and those things were it was almost it's not as good as a World Series, but it's close. Like you feel you feel just as excited to see them as you do a World Series. Close, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, I think I think I remember Roy Holiday throwing a perfect game in the playoffs. Mm, yeah, that's right with the Phillies. Was that was that a perfect game or was it a no hitter? I think it was a perfect game. I think you're right. So the last perfect game was Felix Hernandez? No, that can't be right. Was the last I'm looking at the I'm looking at a list. They have Felix Hernandez from I don't remember that. Two, 2012, August 15th. I actually do remember that Felix Hernandez throwing a no hitter. I didn't know it was a perfect game. Uh Matt wow. Kane, Phil Humber. I, I actually remember Phil Humber. Roy Holiday, yep. Oh, May twenty nine, so that wasn't the playoffs. I do remember I do remember Roy Holiday throwing one. I think it was the ALDS. He, I think that was a no hitter. No, that. But when he threw, when he threw the no hitter, it was he was with the Phillies. It was a no hitter. Yes, I just checked. Yeah, that out. and uh, I remember Mark Burley. Burley. Mark Burley. I remember his uh, his no hitter happened in two thousand nine. That was the launch of MLB Network. You know what I remember? I remember the David, David Cohn perfect game. Okay. 
the David Wells perfect game. Hmm. Those are good days, man. I was in DR. Actually, fact check here real quick. I did not witness the David Cohn perfect game. I was in the Dominican Republic. I came home and my best friend Gus says, "Yo, David Cohn hit a perfect, uh, did a perfect game." And I was like, "Ah, you're 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 so full of shit." Blah blah. blah. Um, come to he saved the newspaper. I t- I checked the newspaper and there it is. David Cohn pitches a perfect game, and I think it was on like Yogi Berra day. It was like Yogi Berra's first time back in Yankee Stadium after his fallout with uh with George Steinbrenner. Um, who's the pitcher that threw the perfect game in the World Series? Um, Don Larson was there. Don Larson. It was just like too much. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like you said, that's that's when sometimes I'm like, all right, something's they're rigging something here. Like, yeah, like A Rod hits his 600th home run off Verlander, and then his 3,000th hit off Verlander type of shit. Mm-hmm. I was in a I was in DR when A Rod hit his 500th home run. I remember. How about there was this this recent one, uh, CC Sabathia's uh, three thousand strikeout. Uh, he struck out uh, John Ryan Murphy, J.R. Murphy. J.R. Murphy caught his God. What was it? He was on the team when Sabathia recorded like his, I think it was like his two hundredth win or something. Like there was a connection between them two that they had yeah. had before, and it's just like okay, you know, like all right, all right now. What about that? What about that one where? Uh uh, Justin Smoke's first career RBI was driving in Vlad, Vlad Guerrero, and yep. Vlad Guerrero's career first career RBI was driving in Justin Smoke. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. Um, I think I might join your club. We might have to change the name of this podcast to Conspiracy Theory. MLB. Yeah, these guys are robots, man. These guys yeah. are robots in a computer simulation, and they, <laughs> it's, it's just an algorithm throwing wow. up all these scenarios. And he, like, come on, like in basketball, Steph Curry and Seth Curry are gonna face off in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> like, shit, man. Yeah. I just feel like, and again, I don't think it's all fixed, but I think every team that's in the run to make it to the playoffs or win the championship, it's like, you know, it's like any matchup could, there's another story behind it. Any matchup that can possibly happen will have a story underneath it. I agree with you, CT. I agree. All right. Finally, man. An- another follower. Wow. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I- I'm drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> I'm drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> All right, let me go over the hitters of the week for this week. So let me tell you my 10 through 6. I had Rafi Devers at 10, Jeff McNeil, Jorge Polanco, Eugenio Suarez, Chris Bryant. Those are my 10 to 6 top ten, for my top 10. At number 5, I had Josh Bell, who, by the way, Josh Bell wow. is turning into a beast. And he had a monster yeah, he, week last week. He hit some bombs. Like, he, I don't so, know, the shit that you can't teach. It's almost like so in 2017 he kind of broke out. He he had a, a really good year, placed third in rookie of the year. Then last year he had somewhat of a down season, but there were like other parts of his game that he improved on. Like in 2017 he was a good power hitter, this this and that. Last yeah. year he doesn't hit so much for power, but he gets on base more. He has more, you know, more singles. This year he's like combining it all together and now he hits he's smoking the shit out of the ball. He's averaging like ninety five miles per hour on, on his hits. Um Yeah. And he had a beast week last week, so I had him up at uh, on my fifth spot. Um it, it just it's kinda crazy. Like I feel like baseball is the only sport that you'll see shit like this in, but he only hit twelve home runs last year. He played hundred and forty eight mm-hmm. games and only hit twelve home runs. This yep. year he's already at ten. The yeah. year before his 
his rookie rookie of the year. Not he didn't win the rookie of the year. I'm looking here. He placed third. Yeah. 2017, but his rookie year, he had 26. Yep. How is that possible? I don't what even happened? know, man. How but if you he, look how at, was he only able to get 12 home runs? Yeah, and like if you Fred look, Garner gets that in like a month. I agree. And if you look at it, you have you have he had he scored similar runs in both seasons, but his RBI total went down. His on base went up though, so it was almost like I don't know. Maybe this is just me projecting or whatever, but it was almost like. He was. It seemed like he was working on another part of his game or something. Like he was focusing on. Let me get on base. Let me just get on base. Get on base, and the power went down. Um, whereas in the first season he wasn't getting on base as much, but his power was up. Um, yeah. And now he's just like doing it all. He's getting on base. He's hitting for power. He's driving in runs. He's scoring runs. He's playing defense. You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. a, a rounded out player, and and he's fun to watch. So kudos mm-hmm. to to Josh Bell. At number four, we have Charlie Blackman, who hit two home runs this weekend that combined for over 900 feet. The first one was like 460, 470, and the second one was 450 plus. Um, And he's another one who last season, it felt like he had a down year. But if you look at his stats, he was fine. He just wasn't a beast like he was two years ago. And it looks like he's back to that again this year. Um, if if he can hit the way he hit last year, pair him up with Arenado, that might be the scariest one-two punch in baseball, probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Charlie Blackman, aka the Beard. Um, Jesus at, Christ, I'm looking at I'm looking at. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. At three, I have Hunter Pence for Week Six. Wow. So yeah, Hunter Pence was essentially cut by the Giants pretty much done for he decides to walk on to the texas rangers and gets a minor league deal and last week he had probably the best week of his career forget last week he's having i think the best season of his career if you look at his numbers um which is crazy because he's like 35 36 years old um you know what i mean uh so i had him at three i don't know if you have his stats in front of you right now but no i don't Okay, so his his OP wait where is it? His OPS this season is six fifty eight. He's hitting three sixteen with a three eighty nine on base. That's not true. His slugging is six fifty eight. His his OPS is one thousand forty seven. Yeah, insane. I don't even know what's going on. I mean, either man, but I feel like Texas has always been good at hitting as a yeah. team. It's Maybe a good that's what it is. Yep, and that's then a good hitting team right there. Word. At number two, I have Justin Turner, who came into week six with just one home run and exited week six with six home runs. He had five home runs last week. I don't think he walked once because he was raking. He hit 417 with a 462 on base and a 1,083 slugging last week. And wow. he led baseball. Him and him and George Springer split all the stats. He led, he led the National League in basically everything. And then your your number one, I just gave it away, George Springer. I don't even know where the fuck, what the hell happened to this guy. I think he maybe he's injecting something. I'm not sure. I don't want to accuse love, anybody of anything. I love George Springer. I, w- I, I think at this point I'd move him up to the two spot because you're wasting his home runs, I feel like, at this point. Nah, man. don't. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Okay. Plus, man, that like they have enough guys in that lineup that, They'll make up for it. Uh, they they are leading MLB and run differential. Like they're they're all right, man. They don't really need to make any changes. <laughs> Yo, he's on he's on fire, man. He's yeah, on fire who, uh, this year. 
you know who kind of sucks? Who? Justin Bohr. And I'm yeah. starting to think, like, what was the hype about him when he was in Miami? I remember the home, when. The home run derby, I think. Yeah, he's never hit past. He never hit more than 25 home runs in a season. Mm-hmm. Also, though, you know. But just want to throw that out there. Every time I see him batting, I feel like he's striking out. Um, And I guess it's just one of those players that he's still riding that hype wave. Yep. Right? I agree. Because I really, I don't know, man. To me, he's just not that good. I agree. For me, to be honest, I remember hearing about him before the home run derby. Then after the home run derby, you got a you got a taste of what he was about, and you I think it hyped him up. And and uh, he's never lived up to it. I feel like at this point, he's he also, a forgotten player. I don't even I don't even is he in anybody's team in our fantasy league? I doubt it. But he's also doesn't play full seasons either. Yeah, he's, he's always hurt a lot. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Damn man. I agree, CT. Let me give you a quick update before we sign off. You are now winning three to one. Boyd is getting. It looks like he's not getting crushed. He's losing three zip. Okay. <sighs> hey man, hang in there. It's a long week. That's what she said. Um, Shout out to Michael Brantley. When's Michael oh, Brantley man. gonna make the list? He made it last week. You're right. Jesus, you don't pay attention. <laughs> wow, Michael! Yo, Michael Brantley. Wow. Had he not had those injury rattle seasons in between there, those like the two or three years there, he'd be talked about as one of the best hitters in baseball. The guy's yeah, consistently yeah. hitting three, like he's like three twenty in a season, three thirty six, whatever the hell. He's like an MVP caliber type hitter, and yeah. I think I think because he's so injury prone. People are just waiting for him to to disappear at some point. Um, and yeah, like last nobody year, really signs him to like a no, long deal, you know? No, like, man, it's crazy. And last year he had a good season, and now he's with the fucking Astros. Like f- that sunk in for me last week when I was writing that piece. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! Now you now they have Michael Brantley, Altuve, uh, George Springer, Alex Bregman. Just those four hitters right there. Forget the Yankee lineup. That lineup is better, I think. Springer, More versatile. Altuve, Correa. Brandy. Insane, man. Crazy, man. And his home runs, I mean, his his everything is up this year so far to start the season. He already has 10 home runs. His career high is 20. So I'm pretty sure he's going to pass that this year. Then again, it could be just playing in the Astros stadium because, like, everybody hits home runs there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, man, crazy. Yeah. That's true. All right. Crazy. Let's sign off, man. Let's do it. Giving these people long-ass episodes. Um, all right. Don't forget to drop a five-star rating and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, We're available on WTTSpod.com, and we're available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you drop us a five-star rating and a review, we will greatly appreciate it. We might even read it on the air. Who knows? So don't say anything embarrassing. Um, The music is by VM Varga and Rapternal Music by Naughty Productions. Our artwork, our logo is by Luigi Gomez. You can click on his social media link on our website, WTTSpod.com. That's all I got for you guys. Peace. Peace out.